Praise the Lord. Well, we have on Wednesday nights, at least my time with you on the Wednesday nights, is kind of a little bit on a, uh, a little bit of a mission from the Lord, I guess, to uh, uh, talk about uh, our patriarchs of faith. And uh, in fact, let's do an opening verse at 1 Corinthians 10, if you'd go ahead and bring that up. Praise God. It just says, now we all, uh, probably says, now all these things happen to them. Of course, in context, talking about the children of Israel, all these things happen to them as examples. How uh, I many know that, uh, you know, they're examples to us, right? It says, and they're written for our admonition or our teaching or our instruction uh, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now, scriptures talk about types and shadows and everything. And so there's a lot of stuff that happens in the old covenant, a lot of things that have happened with our patriarchs of faith, uh, you know, that, that we can glean from, that we can learn from. Amen. Of course, in context here, some things happened to them that wasn't all that great. Come on now. So a lot of times you can learn from, you know, not just the good, but the good, the bad, and the ugly. Come on, somebody. Amen. So uh, hopefully uh, that's what we've been doing, uh, is just kind of taking what we can. I've uh, spent quite a few weeks dealing, uh, talking about the life of David. Uh, we spent some time doing that, you know, each week coming at you from a different angle. And, uh, and then uh, last week started talking to you uh, about uh, Father Abraham. Amen. And so with that said, uh, let's maybe just for real quick, let's go back to Romans 4 real quick. Romans 4. Y'all doing good today? Did you come to get something? Amen. Guess what? If you came to get something, you'll leave with something. Amen. That's the cool thing about it. Praise the Lord. And so uh, I'm kind of diving in the middle of a statement, but we know he's talking about Abraham here. And uh, verse 11 and 12 here, it just says this, that... Uh, uh, and he received uh, the sign of circumcision, okay, the, uh, the, seal of the, right, the seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised. Uh, that, of course, the, so the circumcision was the sign of the covenant, all right, that he, would, uh, that he might be the father of all those who believe. Any believers in the house? Yeah. All right, so a lot of times, you know, we call him Father Abraham or the father of our faith, you know, it says. All right, so through they, uh, though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. So the bottom line, uh, you know, there's the father of our faith, amen. But it says here something about the steps, amen. Uh, it means tr tracks or tracks left by another that can be seen and followed. Amen. So there are things in Father Abraham, he left, you know, he left a path, so to speak, a track, so to speak. Uh, there are things that he did, uh, you know, for us to see and to follow. Praise God. Amen. So that's, that's what, uh, what we've been talking about. In fact, uh, Galatians 3 and 9, put that up there real quick. Uh, Karen, praise the Lord. Galatians 3 and 9 it says, So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing, or some, uh, the old King James says, with faithful Abraham, with believing Abraham. So, uh, again, how many, uh, how many believers in the house? So then that's talking about you and me. So then those who are of faith, that's you and me, are blessed. Amen. In other words, that same blessing, if we follow along, that same, you know, he's our example. Amen. If you kind of follow along and glean what you can on this and take those same kind of steps, you can walk also in that blessing, praise God. Uh, put, uh, I think I had one in John too. Did I give you one, Karen, out of John? And this one actually was, uh, Jesus kind of was, uh, this was more of a rebuke 
uh, to the Pharisees, and they were saying they're of their father, you know, Abraham. And he said, well, then if you're of your father Abraham, then why don't you do what he, what he did? Amen? So it was kind of a, kind of a, kind of a rebuke to them. And, uh, but the bottom line is, you know, we're, we're considered, you know, part of that household of faith. We're considered uh, the seed of Abraham. Amen? And Galatians tells us that. And, it, and so, you know, whatever actions and works that he did ought to be things that we do. I think we kind of settled that, right? So last week, we talked about, um, you know, the steps of obedience, uh, where he just followed God and did what he, what he was supposed to. And as a result of it, amen, it, it positioned him for some things, amen. Today, we're also going to talk about another step. I'm going to talk about really the step of separation. And uh, I'm going to explain that as we dive into this. So Genesis again, let's go to Genesis chapter 13, all right? And we'll kind of pick up where we left off a little bit last week, because I think we spent most of our time in Genesis 12, 11 and 12. So today we'll go into 13. All right, so some, you know, some things that Abraham did that we can all take note, amen. Now, uh, for whatever it's worth, um, you know, uh, you always take the old covenant in the light of the new covenant, right? We know that. Right? I mean, there's a lot of great things you glean and learn out of the Old Covenant, but you always take it in the light of the New Covenant. Some people do it the opposite, and that, ain't, that don't work. Come on now. You, you take the Old Covenant in the light of the New Covenant. All right? So there's always going to be something that's going con- to confirm it in the New Covenant, which we'll see here in a minute. But it says here in, in chapter 13, and I'm going to kind of bounce all over the place, I think, a little bit. But we're going to do first uh, verse 14, I believe is what I gave Karen back there. Give Karen a hand clap. What a blessing. I love it with somebody back there. It makes things a little easier. Amen. Verse 14, And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had what separated from him. Everybody say separated. separated. Had separated from him. And, that's, and so, you know, it's after there was this separation. Come on. Uh, he said, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see. I give to you and your descendants forever, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, if they could, then your descendants also could be numbered. So that means quite a few here. Arise, walk in the land uh, through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram, Abram of course, moved his tent and went and dwelt uh, by the terebinth tree in Mamre, pardon me, uh, which are in uh, Hebron, um, and built an altar there to the Lord. All right, now... Of course, in context, uh, some things happened with, um, uh, you know, with Lot and uh, his herdsmen and, and Abraham and his herdsmen. Uh, but uh, the blessing really is on uh, this thing called separated. They separated. Um, you know, the best way to, to, to bring it out, if you put a, a new covenant spin on it, um, a word that, that's uh, going to fit for that today is a word called um, uh, being uh, sanctified because it means to be set apart, to be separated, all right? And so there are certain things that work, uh, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that, pardon me, certain things that are beneficial to this thing called separation. Are you still with me? All right, so if you got an ear to hear, here we go. So Hebrews 2 and 11, let's put that up there real quick. We'll back, jump back into Genesis here in a minute. Hebrews 2 11. It says that for both he who sanctifies, talking about Jesus. Now, Jesus sanctifies. I mean, that's what he, that's, you know, what he did for you and me, right? But for both he who sanctifies and those who are being, see, that's a process, being sanctified 
are all of one for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. In other words, he's the one uh, that, that helps sanctify, and you're the one being sanctified. Look at your neighbor and say, uh, praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, we all know we need a little work, right? Amen. And the more we lean on him, he's the one that sanctifies. Is, amen. The more you become sanctified and separated. Amen. Now, like I said, we're going to get back there to Genesis here in a minute. But this word sanctified, again, means to be set apart or separated or separate. All right. It uses words like consecrated. Okay. is another word that fits in there. To be purified or make holy. Okay. Uh, to devote or to dedicate. Okay. So, a lot, of, a lot of synonyms for that, but the bottom line is to make you different. You're not going to be like, like the rest of the world. You know, when you came to know the Lord, um, one of the things that begins to happen in your life, you know, if you're going to walk in your inheritance, you're going to walk in those promises, is one of those things that has to happen is this ongoing process of sanctification where, where you're, you're changing, you're growing up. Amen. You're making adjustments. Amen. There's times when, uh, you know, you, God works on you in this area, you know, and then, you know, the next year he's working on you in this area, you know, and the whole time, what's he doing? He's separating you. He's sanctifying you. He's setting you apart. Amen. From the world or the world's pull, uh, you know, the world's uh, sway, uh, the world's ways, all that kind of stuff. And the idea is to make you different. Amen. And praise the Lord that it's ongoing, amen. Ain't none of us arrived yet. I know there's a few of you real close, but, but we haven't arrived yet, you know. And uh, so it is an ongoing thing. Uh, but you got to be willing to do that, amen. Now, Abraham, he was, you know, set apart from Lot, amen. And, uh, you know, there's some other things that he had to be willing to do. Now, Abraham, uh, uh, you know, to be honest, Abraham didn't do what the Lord, totally what the Lord told him to do. And uh, part of that was he brought Lot with him. Is that right? Now, you know, a lot of times when you read that, you think Lot, you know, his nephew. You're thinking maybe he was just a young whippersnapper, but really he wasn't. He was a guy who had his own business. He had his own herds. He had his own herdsmen, uh, you know, and uh, in all honesty, he didn't need to come. All right. Now, there might be some reasons for that. We'll maybe get to some of that here in a minute. But the bottom line was, you know, when the, when the separation came, when he did what he was supposed to do, come on, somebody, all of a sudden, God again talks to him about what's ahead. Are you still with me? All right. Now, with that said, let's look at a couple other verses in the New Covenant. Put to Acts 20 up there because this thing about being sanctified is pretty, you know, it's, uh, it's not a lightweight issue. And um, anytime we, we talk about stuff like this, um, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, puts a light on, on some things. But that's all right. You're big enough in God. It's a Wednesday night crowd. The radicals, you know, show up on Wednesday nights, you know. A few radicals watching online, listening. Come on. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. The word of his grace, which is able to build you up, empower you, strengthen you, build you up. That word is edifice, to build upon, build you up. Amen. And give you an inheritance, an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. All right. So there's obviously something that comes to you when you start walking in this thing of sanctification. You start walking in uh, an inheritance. Everybody say an inheritance. I think the Amplified says you're rightly, you're rightful, pardon me, you're rightful inheritance. That's good. 
Amen. Let's look at another verse, uh, also in the book of Acts, chapter 26, verse 18. Actually, this is one of my favorite verses. This is one of those things that, uh, you know, Paul was commissioned to do. And really, I think in a lot of ways, this is what our commission is, is to go out there, what, and open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may, what, receive forgiveness, right, the forgiveness of sins, and what? Not just there. It ain't just to get you saved. There's more to it, right? You've got a life ahead of you. So he says you're not only to receive your forgiveness, I mean, that's a huge part of it, but it also an inheritance. Uh-huh. An inheritance among those who are, here we go, sanctified by faith. Amen. Now, the last verse, you know, brings out by the word of his grace. Here it says by faith. So there's a lot of things when you kind of look into the new covenant, a lot of different things. It talks about uh, it's, the sanctifications done by the Holy Spirit, by his blood. Even one verse says, by his name. One says, or several verses, by the word. Amen. You're washed, uh, the, the word, the washing of water by the word, it talks about. Amen. And even many times refers to it by the truth, which is his word, it says in John 17. You're sanctified by truth, right, which is his word. Amen. So sometimes referred to as truth. It talks about by prayer. Things will be set apart and made different just by prayer. And the word also brings out his, by an offering, uh, his offering, which was once for all, amen, brought also sanctification, amen. So a price that he paid, come on, made it, is there to help make a difference. All these things. Another thing it talks about is by an action. Okay, and that's kind of what more what we're dealing with today, that you got to, you know, be willing to take this step of separation or step of sanctification sometimes, amen, where it might require an action once in a while. Still with me? Uh, let's put uh, 2 Timothy and chapter 2. Thank you. Um, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the ladder, talking about different vessels, you know, but it, from the ladder is talking about, uh, you know, things of dishonor in context, okay? He will be a vessel for honor. So if you cleanse yourself from the, the dishonor, come on, anything that's not, you know, of honor, come on, somebody, then you will be a vessel for honor, which is then sanctified or set apart, made different, and also then useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So there's an action that took place. This one here is you got to be willing to, you know, be willing to maybe set some things down once in a while. Cleanse himself, it says. Okay, it isn't, you know, that's something we, we make that decision. Now, he, he's probably, you know, prodding you and looking, you know, working in your heart. And, you know, you might get that witnessed by the Spirit or something. And, and so now it's a, you got to make that step. Okay, you'd be willing to follow through with it. Come on. I mean, this is part of it. This, one, this is about growing up. You know, steps of separation, steps of uh, sanctification is about growing up. It's about being willing to say, you know what, I don't need to be talking that way anymore. I don't need to be acting that way anymore. I don't need to be, you know, thinking that way anymore. I don't need to be uh, associating with that anymore. You know what I mean? There's all kinds of things that God begins to work on. But it's, it's you willing to do that yourself, right? Come on. So it becomes an action that you take, amen, which then what separates you, which is true, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that we don't do that the world does. They look at you, you think they think you're kooky because you don't do it. But it's just because you're different. You're, you're made different. You're set apart. Amen. And there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a purpose for it, praise God. In this particular text, it says that you become useful for the master. 
prepared for every good work. And, and when, you, when you study that out, when it talks about that word useful, okay, and prepared, it, it, the, the, uh, the, it signifies uh, like a tool shed and a tool shed full of tools. And the master uh, reaches into the tool shed to find the right tool. See, he's looking for that, that one that's useful for the master, prepared, made ready and right for every good work. See, there's a tool for that. You know, I have a, kind of a woodworking shop at home. You know, my shop's just filled with woodworking stuff. And uh, I like tools. I like power equipment. <laughs> I, I enjoy power equipment. Yeah, I just turn them all on once in a while just to let them all run. I, 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 yeah, right? Anyway. So anyway, uh, I like tools, and, and, uh, but I've learned, you know, that if you got the right tool, things work better. But when you don't have the right tool, you got to fudge, and you got to try to move this and hold this and take this tool and, and make it do something it's not used to doing. It makes it hard. Amen. So it always works better when you have the right tool, right? Come on. Amen. Well, it's just, you know, the Father thinks the same way. So if things work better when you got the right tool. Well, what helps make you right, what helps make you useful for the master and prepared is a thing called once in a while, amen, taking that step of separation or that step of sanctification in your life, amen, where you separate yourself from whatever that was that used to hold you back and keep you in a place where you were not useful. Come on, right? And that's no, that's no downer. That's no, uh, you know, no kick in the shins or nothing like that. It's just the facts that sometimes, you know, as you're growing in, in the Lord and you make adjustments and changes, praise God, uh, the Lord's more apt to use you for some things. Come on, right? Makes sense. All right, praise the Lord. Uh, let's see here. So let's go back to Genesis and uh, chapter 13 again. And uh, we're going to back up here. And uh, you doing good? All right, let's go back up to like verse 5. Now remember, uh, well, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but, but Lot, you know, wasn't really even in the beginning, wasn't even supposed to be there. But, okay, so, but now we got Lot and Abraham, and, and really both of them had herds. They had, they had uh, you know, their own tents, their own, really their own herdsmen. So, um, you know, it was, it was a pretty big group of, of, of people here. So Lot also, uh, who went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was, uh, was not able to support them. Uh, that they might dwell together, uh, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife. Everybody say, uh-oh. Now you got trouble, Bubba. Amen. There was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's uh, uh, livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock, the Canaanites and the uh, Parasites. <laughs> All dwell in the land. Amen. So Abram uh, said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me. And between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. It is not the whole land before you. Please, here we go, separate from me. If you take uh, the left, then I'll go to the right. If you take, go to the right, I'll take the left, right? Come on, right? So in other words, just, you know, uh, make a decision here which way you're going to go, and I'll just do the other. Now, you know, remember, if, if, they, if he wouldn't have been there, they may not have had these issues. But, but you know as well as I do that not everybody always uh, makes uh, you know, proper decisions. Um, you know, not everybody always does everything, you know, from A to Z by the book. Um, we've all, you know, had times where we did part of it. Come on. 
And I'm just trying to say, you got to remember, see, you know, has anybody in here done every time the Lord talked to him, did everything he said to do? Anybody? Nobody? Not me either. Um, I, I, you know, I got busted a couple times too. Um, but so with that, I'm just trying to tell you then if that's the case, see, see, Rick didn't do everything right. He's a good man. I like Rick. He's a good man. But Rick, sometimes, you know, he's ornery too. Sometimes, you know, he doesn't do everything right either. Now, he's real close. He's just like squeaky clean, but, but sometimes he gets ornery. Now, the point I'm trying to make is, see, not everybody always chooses life all the time. So you're always going to, you're always, when you're living this life and walking this life, you're, you're moving along, and you have to remember that not everybody, just like yourself, hasn't done everything like they were supposed to. They all had moments. They all had their, their, their moment and their time when they, they didn't quite uh, do it right, say it right, act it right, whatever. And now here you are left with a decision. Do I punch him in the mouth? Or do I do the God thing? Are you hearing me? See, I'm just saying, see, I mean, sometimes you have to remember, you know, you, you didn't do everything perfect. But you can't, you know, expect that everybody around you is always going to be a saint. Now, we want them to be. We pray for them to be that. But you know as well as I do that once in a while, they don't necessarily choose life. Sometimes they actually have an attitude. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have an attitude. And then here you are. Now you gotta, you know, you gotta walk in love. And you don't want it. Because you know they, they're not walking in love, so why should I? Well, sometimes that's that moment of separation. A moment of sanctification where you gotta follow along. See, Abraham here now is dealing with a thing called strife and contention, which is really just worldly stuff. The Word even says that in, you know, where there's envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil thing. It just, it just opens the door for mess. See, Abraham knows this stuff, this ain't good because they're not getting along right now, and it could be, it will, you know, another, another month down the road, they might be killing each other. We don't even know what's going to happen because, you know, the herdsmen are crazy people. Right? So they, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in a week. So Abraham has, you know, understands that this ain't good. This ain't no God thing. And, and really, to be honest, you know, it's even listed as part of the works of the flesh. I mean, it's there. And, and unless you're willing to walk in the spirit, you're probably, you know, you're probably going to fulfill the works of the flesh instead of, come on, come on. And then, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, praise the Lord. But the point being is it's, it's still strife is just one of those things, one of many things. There's no way we could take the time to go through everything. There's all kinds of ways. But this particular case, it's strife. It's, it's just a worldly thing. Right? Now, you're not of this world. Back to John 17. Let's go ahead and put that up on the board. It says, I have given them your word. Talking about he's praying for the disciples. This is Jesus praying. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. Let me say, oh, come on. No, he's not taking it. But he said but that you should keep them from the evil one, right? So we have an enemy, right? Come on. 
Verse 16, please. Uh, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So, you know, many times you hear us say, you know, you're, uh, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're in it, but you're not of it. But, but see, the world operates, does funny things. They think it's okay. It's okay to, it's okay to bad mouth. It's okay to strife and contention and dissension. And it's okay to do those things. That's just the way it is. They think if you don't do it, there's something wrong with you. Well, if you're, if you're separated, then that's right off the bat you realize, I don't do that. I don't play that game. Come on. So you automatically, if you don't do that, if you don't jump in with that, you're automatically different. Are you hearing me? I tell you what, put First uh, John on there. Put that text up there. Do not love the world. I, mean, I think this is worthy of bringing out just in the light because there's, it isn't just strife and contention. There's all kinds of things out there, right? And, and, and the world, just ha- it's just the way they are. It's how they think. It's a, it's a system. It's a way. It's a, it's a manner. It's, a, uh, you know, it's, a, you know, it's, just, it's just a mode of, of operation. It's just who they are. It's the world. We all, we all did that before we knew Jesus. And even some of us, even after we knew Jesus, it took a little while to get some of that out of you. There's a few of you I'm still working on. But anyway, <laughs> do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. Verse 16, please. Uh, for all that is in the world, what is it? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. You know, we can take the time, go through all it, but it's just, it just ain't none of it good. And it is not, it says, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17, I think I gave you that too. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the, here we go, the will of God abides forever. So the point is, the world kind of is that way. It's just, it's out there. But you got to be willing to say, I don't love that. I'm not, I don't, I don't claim to be a part of that. I don't hitch my wagon to that. Come on, right? I'm different. So I'm going to do the will of God here. If I do that, then I remain forever, praise God. And according to what we've been finding out, I mean, I set myself up for my inheritance. If I just say, you know what, I, 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 I pull, I separate back from that. Now, this doesn't mean that every time you get around something you don't like, you run away. Because it first and foremost starts in here. With a choice in here. You know, somebody said, well, I don't like how this is going. So you, you leave this and you run over here. But you're going to find out that the world's a world. Okay, that's just how they think. So you, you run over here and you, there it all is. And you run, oh, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going and run over here. Years ago, you know, there's some show I watched. This is before I got saved now. Yeah. I think, uh, what is that comedian, uh, Martin, what's, uh, Steve Martin, Steve Martin, he was on this, and, and somebody, uh, some comedy, and so somebody was trying, I guess, uh, he got his name in a phone book, and so he thought he was somebody, and so somebody, somebody found his name in a phone book, it was a psycho with a gun, he said, I'm going to find somebody, I'm going to shoot him today, and he found this guy's name, he said, I'm going to hunt him down and shoot him, so he's working in a gas station, right, and he's filling up cars, all of a sudden, somebody's you know, somebody starts shooting at him. And he's looking around. There's cans that are all of a sudden start squirting out 
because the bullet went through this can and went through that can. And he's going, oh, listen, pretty soon everybody realizes there's somebody shooting. So he's running around. He's going, oh, my God. So he runs over here. And this guy's shooting at him, right? But he goes over here, and then all these cans all start, blah, 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 blah. He goes, he's after the cans, <laughs> right? That was, his, that was his, his logic. He's shooting, and there's more cans over here. So he runs over here, and blah, 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 blah. oh, more cans. He's running, more cans, more cans. The whole time he was after him, right? Somebody says, what does that? I have no clue. You can chase all over thinking the problem's this and the problem's that and the problem's this. And it starts right in here. When we're talking about setting yourself apart, it starts right here. It's a work that happens in here. So you could be in the most cruddy thing and still do its right. Still with me? Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that was, that was probably, I could have missed I've done that. Maybe. So let's get on to something spiritual now. See if we can... So we can make this thing spiritual again. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, praise God. Where are we at? We're in chapter 13, right? So he said, separate from me. Amen. Uh, so, uh, you know, so they did, didn't they? They all separated. And uh, praise the Lord. Amen. So, uh, it doesn't matter what's out there. You just have to make a decision that I refuse to give place to that. Amen. In this case, it was strife and contention. It could be murmuring, griping, complaining. It could be back biting. It could be, uh, you know, it could just be, you know, we can go on down the line. And I guess it just, it'd be futile to try to, to list everything. But there's just all kinds of things. And I guarantee you that no matter where you're at, our heart here tonight is not to try to get you all condemned because of some area of your life. My thought is this, whatever God's talking to you about, understand there's importance to following through with separating yourself, amen, setting yourself apart from certain things if God's talking to you about it. There's an inheritance for you, so you're just setting yourself up for your inheritance. Are you still with me? All right, so we're, we're, uh, we're in Genesis still. Let's, let's uh, you know, it goes down, and we already read this, but he separated, you know, from uh, Lot, separated from him. But let's go to chapter 12 again. We read this last week, but let's just look at it because we're talking about, you know, separating from, you know, from the world's ways or manners or methods or way of thinking, whatever, uh, but... Uh, there's, there's actually other things too, right? So it says, now the Lord, verse 1, now the Lord said, uh, had said to Abram, get out of your country from, and here you go, from what? Your family, all right, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now, now um, let's see, uh, Acts 7, let's throw that up there, Acts 7 and 2. Um, now this is, um, um, this is a messy, I'm trying to think, uh, that was one of the, one of the, uh, one of the, Deacons, I think, that was ministering this. Was it, uh, let me look it up here. I'm better to do that. I hate to. But as he was talking about, I think it was, uh, who was, uh, who did, got killed? Stephen, right? Wasn't it Stephen? I think that Stephen was given this message, I believe. It was. It was Stephen. So Stephen was, uh, right, actually before he uh, was murdered, um, he, he went, preached a message. And uh, in that message, this is part of that. He says, brethren and fathers, listen, uh, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran, okay? So 
Anyway, so he, you know, was supposed to, supposed to leave. And he said this, and said to him, get out of your, what, country and from your, I just thought we'd read that. <laughs> just so there was no mistake. <laughs> All right, get out of your country and from your, your relatives, okay, and come to the land that I will show you. Now, now how many know sometimes you need to get away from your relatives? Come on, somebody. Now, uh, you might think I'm going to pick on you and your family, and I might a little bit, but, but in all honesty, he's talking about relationships and associations, and even if it means your family. Are you still with me? Because your family sometimes, uh, you know, not just family, but in this text, he's talking about family. They could be, uh, you know, they could be a negative sway. Now, now, listen, they could be a negative. They could even be, a, it could even be positive affirmation. So we say, well, isn't that a good thing? Not if that positive affirmation doesn't get you off your fanny and get moving. Because some people won't go anywhere because they like that positive affirmation. So they just kind of, I just like sitting right here. And I like positive affirmation. And don't get me wrong, I like, I love it when somebody gives me positive affirmation too. Hallelujah. I love it. Say, You're the best thing since sliced bread. I, whew, that must be good. <laughs> Put a little peanut butter on it, it's even better. All right? But sometimes it isn't always positive affirmation. Sometimes it's, it's a negative, uh, negative pull because uh, depending on where, what you come out of. Now, you're, now listen, you're, uh, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Now, just listen. You're in that family, but you may not be of that family anymore. Somebody says, Pastor, you're meddling. Now, hang on. I, I've only got just begun. Anyway, um, so um, now listen, maybe, maybe a bunch of your family knows Jesus. Praise the Lord. Right? Come on. But, you know, sometimes uh, people say, well, Pastor, that's, you know, that's not. Listen, I, I can't even tell you over, you know, 30 years of ministry, how many people uh, gave up their walk in God because of family. I remember one gentleman, he was on fire for God. He was moving forward, and then his mommy told him, you're going to the wrong church. And she was of a different persuasion, and, and this boy was, I mean, we're talking full-grown. He wasn't no little kid. He was a full-grown man and gave up his walk in God to go do what his mommy wanted. Dude, not cool. You have people that give up their walk in God because of their kids. Have people give up their walk in God because of their spouse. And I always say, well, Pastor, you tell us to leave our family? I'm telling you that it starts in here. What are you, who are you going to love more, your family or God? You might almost, you might actually, if you get a hold of this, the best way to change your family is for you to chase God. You chase God, let God deal with your family. Now, are you still with me? All right. Put John 10 up there. <clears throat> he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. 
you know, love son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And that's Jesus talking. All right, verse 38. Now, hang on to this. We got, we'll get through this, and we'll get to the next one. And just smile. <laughs> he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Verse 39. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. All right, that good? Now, let's, let's give it in the Amplified. Can I, I give you the Amplified, Matt? All right. Here's the Amplified, right? He who, uh, he who loves or takes more pleasure in father or mother more than me, more than in me, is not worthy of me. That just says it a little different here, but it kind of gives a little, little clearer understanding. He who loves and takes more pleasure in son or daughter more than in me is not worthy of me. But listen, you just chase after God. God will help with that family thing. Okay, he who loves and takes more pleasure. Did I read that one? No, let's go 38 now. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conforming wholly to my example in living and in need be in dying also, Woo, is not worthy of me. Remember, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. And here we go. And one most time gets forgot, and loving not our lives even unto death. You're willing, you're willing to lay down your life no matter what. This is, we stick with this thing. It's where we go. Amen. Now, remember, we're talking about steps of separation because sometimes that's all it is. It's a step. I mean, we're, we're, so, uh, we're so, you know, fearful or worried or whatever it is that keeps us in that state where the family becomes a higher priority. Listen, if you just chase God, the family will come along. Now, don't walk out of saying pastors against your families. I am not, and neither was Jesus. Jesus would rather see your family all come to know him. Okay. But if you're going to, if it's more about your family than it is him, I'm telling you, it's not a good place to be. Let's do the next verse because I think this is great. Here's the Amplified. Whoever finds his uh-oh, lower life will lose it. What? Lose what? The higher life. Whoever loses the lower life, come on, on my account will find what? Will find the higher life. So he's just saying, listen, okay, it's okay. Uh, you know, the family, this is great. Now, we're talking about in context. We're dealing with all relationships. Come on now. But in context, he's dealing with family. So if that family is the higher priority, he's saying that's a lower way of living. Come up and live a higher way of living. And then not only do you accomplish what you need to accomplish, but it, you, you'll watch that family come along. Listen, just serve God. Love God. Amen. That's a part of this separation. And a lot of people don't really ever get past it. It's always about their family. Well, then, you know, when trouble hits, go call your family. Well, I did, and it didn't work. Well, I get that, right? Now, some people say, well, I have no problem, man. My family hates my gut, so it's, it's all good. I, I don't have any. That's praise the Lord, but it, it's, you know, I, whatever, you know, I mean, that's. You know, maybe it seems easier than to serve God because the family don't want nothing to do with you anyway. I moved 1,500 miles away and made it easier. <laughs> okay, I'm not saying everybody has to do that. I'm not. I'm really not. Uh, I'm not saying you have to move to the next town. I'm just saying that, that you know, somewhere outside you've got to settle in here. I love God more than my family. I know most of you do in here. I know that. I know, I know I'm talking to my Wednesday night crowd in here. But uh, not everybody that's watching and listening has heard that before. Amen. Don't you walk out or saying pastors against your family. 
them on. But I have seen over the years a lot of people give up what God's trying to do in their life because it was based on they had more love for their family than they did for God. Come on now. And it's based on an action. I mean, you could say all day long, I love God, but if, if, if you're going to drop everything he's wanting you to do to chase after your family, then we, we need to reconsider what, what you mean by your love for God. You hear? Well, you did pretty good on that one. I don't know if you still love me, but, you know. But the point is, is that, you know, that's, uh, you know, you got to settle that. That's one of the things that Abraham had to settle. He didn't do it right away. He still brought Lot along. I don't know, maybe, maybe he got guilt tripped. I don't know. See, you know, his, you know, Lot's dad passed away, right? We talked about that last week. And so, you know, uh, you know, so Abraham's dad, you know, which was Lot's uncle, you know, brings Lot along. And they hang out in Haran for a season till dad dies. Then they all come down. And right then, that's when, when Abraham should have probably said, Lot, you stay here. I'm, I'm heading out. But for some odd reason, he brought Lot and everything with him. And so that created nothing but issue. Now, you know as well as I do, that, that's just an example. If, if we're not willing to, to settle some things, then there could be a lot of the issues you deal with. Could be because we don't have... There's no separation there. And again, don't you walk out saying, you know, you call your parents or somebody and say, I don't want nothing to do with you anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> no. Right in here. Deal with you. Come on. Settle it. All right. Are you with me? <laughs> Some of you are looking at me like, <laughs> I wish I had a funny story now, but I don't have one. All right. So let's just get on past it, all right? All right. Well, you know where you're at. Uh, actually, if you have a problem with that, it's probably because you have a problem with that. <laughs> Otherwise, you should just go, hey, man. <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. Now, how many know there's other relationships, too? It ain't just family. Uh-huh. That's right. There's all kinds. You know, association equals destination. You're, you're wherever, you know, whatever the associations you have determines the direction. Association also, uh, you know, uh, equals impartation is another word. Paul talked about, you know, I do what I do to impart myself into you. Well, you have to understand if Paul can preach you the word and impart himself into you, well, everybody else around you is imparting into you. See what I'm saying? It's not just... The good stuff imparts, it's all of it. So whatever your associations are determines a direction, determines an impartation that gets planted into you. So see, just, just by not you know, following God when He leads you about some of these things, it could be, it could be uh, you know, dangerous because it could determine where you end up. It could determine some decisions you make down the road. It could determine a direction that you take that could mess up what God's trying to do in your life. Okay. You with me? All right, let's look at another one. Hopefully this one will go over better. Genesis 14, though. So let's look on. So we're talking about Abraham and, you know, these things that, these steps of separation. I'm going to go to like verse, uh, I think I gave him like verse 14. It says, 
They also took Lot, Abraham's brother. Okay, what it was is some kings came together and they basically uh, warred against uh, places like Sodom and Gomorrah and all this, and they came in and basically ransacked and took and everything. And so one of the families basically got taken was Lot, because at this time, you know, remember Lot now has moved and he's kind of over there by Sodom, you know, and, and uh, so all of a sudden here comes this, this army in. They basically ransacked the area, and part of that was Lot and, and many of his, uh, his possessions. And so a lot, they just basically took, stole, okay? Are you with me? So they also took Lot, Abram's brother, uh, son, and who dwelt uh, there in Sodom, right? And, his, and they took his goods and departed. Uh, then one who had escaped came and told Abram, uh, the, the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the terrible trees of Mamre and uh, Amorite. I don't know why I'm reading all. Boy, I'm moving around. Brother of Eshcol, uh, the brother of Anir, and they were allies with Abram. All right, now when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, okay, uh, you, you know, for whatever it's worth, I mean, now we've got another thing we're dealing with. It just, okay, I'm just, anyway. If he would have stayed in Haran, we might not be dealing with this right now. But anyway, okay, all right. All right, so now when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, right, he armed his 300, come on, and 18 trained servants who were born in his house, right, and went, uh, went in uh, pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as uh, Hobar, I think it is, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods. Everybody say all the goods. So he went in and brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods and as well as the women and the people. So everything that this this army took, he went back and got it all back. So then the king of Sodom went out to meet him because all his stuff got taken too, right? All their stuff, right? Went out to meet him in the valley of uh, Shiva, uh, which is the king's valley after he returned from the defeat of the uh, Cherador, blah, 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 and the kings were with him. Well, you pronounce it. Chidor lo Chidor lo Whatever. Well, nevertheless, he goes out there, gets everything back, okay? So the king of uh, Sodom meets him also. Uh, then uh, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, uh, which was the priest, the high priest of God, right? The go, uh, God most high. And he blessed him, blessed Abraham, right? And said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be uh, God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him uh, a tithe of all. Okay, so this is the first time that we see actually the word tithe being mentioned. Okay, obviously we see the principles of it earlier, but we see definitely being mentioned here in chapter 14. So he is giving a tithe of everything he brought back unto, unto the high priest, Melchizedek. Remember now, Jesus came in the order of Melchizedek. So he's still doing the same thing, receives a tithe, blesses the tither. All right, now my message is not about the tithe today. But verse 21, it says, Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. In other words, we'd like to get our people back, but if you want to keep all, all the goods you got back, that's great. Just keep them, okay? But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand uh, to the Lord God Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth, uh, that I will take nothing from a, a thread to a sandal strap. And that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say I have made Abraham rich, or Abram rich, except only what the young men have eaten. In other words, all my armed boys that went with me, 
and the portion of the, uh, the men who went with me, uh, also uh, Anir, Eshkol, and Mamre, uh, let them take their portion, all right? In other words, it belongs to them. So the bottom line is this, okay? Um, Abraham wasn't about to, you know, his thought was, I, nobody's going to be said that, that they made me rich. I did what I was supposed to do because I knew what I was supposed to do, and as a result of it, I got everything back. I first gave the tithe of it all, and then I'm turning back everything that belongs to everybody. All right, anything above that, I'm keeping. But, but nevertheless, uh, he honored God with it. Now, the point I'm trying to make with this one, um, because, again, it's another step of separation or, uh, you know, maybe of being set apart, okay, but uh, the world is never your source, never your source. Um, praise God that, uh, you know, you... You work a job and you have, you know, you're doing your part as a family member. You bring, you know, bring home the bacon, whatever. I don't know, whatever you want to word it. But, but how many know that paycheck's not your source? That job's not your source. Amen. Amen. And we can go on and on about different things. See, if you don't watch it pretty soon, we make that paycheck our source. We make, uh, we make man our source. Some people, that's, they're expecting man to always be the one to take care of. You know what I'm saying? And uh, now, don't get me wrong, um, the scripture says you give, and it comes back to you, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give unto you. God uses men, right? But when you cross a line where you're now making men your source, see, it's really about a trust thing. So we're talking about now, we're talking about now a step of separation here where you're also stepping away from, okay, men's not my source, you know, the world is not my source. God is always my source. See, that's why he honored God with a tithe. The first part was cease to let him be known. I honor you. You're my source. Amen. Everything that happened here happened because you empowered me to do it. So here you are. He honored him with it. That's what he did. It was a trust thing. See, the tithe a lot of time, you know, we, we look at it. It is a thing of worship, but it's also a thing of trust. You're not only trusting God with what he's already done, but you're believing what he's going to continue to do. Right? So, but it, it does take a step to do that. Now, again, my message was not about the tide tonight, but, but it is about, you know, not letting the world be your source. Now, praise God for a paycheck. I like it when I get a paycheck. It's nice that you get a paycheck and, you know, you can, you know, tithe and give and, and you know, and actually pay a bill and, you know, whatever, you know. That's not wrong. That's great. But that paycheck isn't my source. And I don't want to cross that line. I'd rather make sure God remains my source. And if God's my source, he can bring it in any way he wants to bring it in. Right? Because, see, if, the, if, if any one particular thing is your source other than God, then what happens when that dries up? Now we got trouble, Bubba. Right? So, you know, when you stop thinking about it, see, one of those things, Abram had it already settled it. God's my source. And the man was very rich. Say back there in chapter 13, too, it says Abraham was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. Well, why was he so rich? Well, because he, that was an area he trusted God in. And his son did the same. And then his son. Come on, right? We just come on. Now, let's look at a few verses. Uh, let's do, uh, yeah, there we go. Psalms 118, that's a good one, 8 and 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. See, really, it's a trust thing, isn't it? So, you know, 
better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Let's look at verse 9. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. You say, what's that? Governments. That's what it means. In fact, uh, let me look it up here. I just thought this was because that uh, the word princes here means you'll see uh, words in the Hebrew generosity or noble, but it's talking about a handout. When you study, it talks about a handout. So, I mean, the government's not your source. Okay, now listen, that's, anyone that, that's just talking about, that's talking about, uh, you know, uh, people that, that live on, on, on aid. No, it ain't just talking about people live on aid, because some people, you, some of you all think that if the government don't, you know, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes they dupe you. <laughs> or sometimes you just, because of all the politics, you know, the swamp hasn't all got drained yet. So there's little things that happen and, and manipulations and, and somebody's behind the scene doing this. And, and we're hoping that when this all passes and that passes, that's going to make my life perfect. Well, what if it doesn't pass? Now, I praise God for all the shifting and changing and stuff that's been happening over the last few years. Come on, somebody. I'm, I appreciate it. But government still ain't my source. I'm going to do my part, vote that turkey or whatever it is out, and put the right person in. Come on, somebody. Do my part, right? Because so we can live peaceably, it says. Come on, right? Come on, right? Based on, you know, leading a God, following God, amen, take my seed, and I'm going to, my, to the, to the ballots. Come on, somebody. I mean, I'm out here, I'm trying to get on a soapbox. I'm just trying to tell you, it doesn't matter, see. God's your source. So if you're thinking, hoping that, you know, the whole government's going to turn this whole thing around, like some silly goofball is talking about socialism, and it's all about Really, dude? That's, that's never worked in any country yet. But it, see, it's all about what they're hoping. See, is government's going to take care of me. Silly. They're not your source. You said, Pastor, you're getting all kinds of stuff today. Yes, I am. I'm so glad you came out on a Wednesday night. You know, but these are just things. We're talking about, you know, if... You know, think about this, steps of faith. This is our father Abraham, father of our faith, took certain steps. There were certain steps. There was a track that he left, a pathway he left, things that he did that were us, for us to see and to follow. Well, part of this, part of this, you know, wasn't just, just an obedient thing. Part of it also had to be willing to separate yourself from this or from that make adjustments so I could be changed, be made different. I had to settle some things on the inside. Come on, somebody. That I'm no longer a part of that or a part of this. And this is just part of that. It's God's my source. If God's my source, amen, then guess who's going to take care of you? Guess where, guess where all that, where all this is going to, I mean, God leads you and guides you and directs you. Amen? You know, I tell you my stories about, you know, I lived on Top Ramen. There was a season in there. That's all we had. We came out here. I'm not, I'm not joking. That was top ramen. You could buy them babies 12 for a buck. <laughs> yeah. Right? I hate it. <laughs> but at the time, that's where you're at. And then 
we heard the principles of, of what you do with your finance and how you honor God with it. And, and somebody says, well, you don't even have any. Well, it didn't matter what came in. A portion of that belonged to God. I trust God. And guess what? It wasn't long. I didn't have to eat Top Ramen anymore. I can't even tell you the last time I ate Top Ramen. My son, for a joke this Christmas, gave me a bunch of box of Top Ramen. Just about smacked him. But he just wanted to see my expression when I opened it up. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, he knows how I like Top Ramen. Actually, he knew because he likes to eat it. So then he got it. Anyway, so anyway, but the point is, praise God, you know, there was the, it was taking them steps. It was honoring God. Even when, when it looked like we had nothing but honoring God, then pretty soon God starts, amen, because God's your source. See, it didn't have to be a paycheck. So now here comes these leadings and these biddings and promptings by the Spirit. And He begins to show you what to do here and how to do this and what to buy and what to sell and all the little things, you know, that, and where is God is your source, right? right. And there's all kinds of things. You know, I'm, now I'm, I'm 55 now. Did I really admit that on air? Actually, getting ready to turn 56 here in a couple weeks. And uh, so, you know, you start thinking about other things like, okay, you know, I, I didn't know I'd get, I thought we'd get raptured before this time. <laughs> Anybody else with me on that one? <laughs> I thought for sure we'd be raptured out of here by now. <laughs> But we didn't. So then you have to start thinking, okay, what do you, what, what, what do, you do now? Well, you, you still got to do the same thing. You got to follow God, hear God, and do what God says, right? right? Come on. And whatever he leads you to do or be a part of or, or whatever, buy, sell, whatever it is. Come on, somebody, because God's always your source. Am I right? Look at 1 Timothy 6. Let's look at this one. <clears throat> Command those who are rich in this present age, and there's nothing wrong with being rich, by the way. I think everybody should be rich. Come on, somebody. But, but those who are rich in this present age, not to be haughty, right? Come on, don't need to be arrogant. Nor what to, here we go, trust in uncertain riches. But what do you trust in? What do you trust in? The living God, right? Who, what? Who gives us richly all things to enjoy. See, if you trust in Him, God will see to it you get rich. Somebody says, ah, no, 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 no. I, God's people were never poor, broke, busted, and disgusted. So the point is this, it's always better to trust in God anyway. Amen. All right, you didn't like that verse, let's try another one. Let's just try this, Proverbs 3. We all know this verse, right? We'll, we'll, we'll try to leave on a happy note. Trust in the Lord with part of your heart. How much? All your heart, right? That means everything, right? Now, how many know if you're going to trust in God with all your heart, you're going to have to have moments where God's going to look at you and go or talk to you about something or put that witness in here. You know, you need to, you know, come on, right? See, if I'm going to trust in God with all my heart, it means I can't be trusting in everything else because if I'm going to trust, you know, a, a quarter of my heart here and a quarter of my heart with this and a quarter of my heart with this, uh, no matter how, I, you know, I, I know that newfangled math, it kind of, you know, but no matter how you cut it, that doesn't mean you're going to be 100% all with God. Is anybody hearing that? 
So, so in order to be trust God with all your heart means you can't be have your heart here and your heart there and your heart here and your heart. You got to have a heart. Now listen, lean not on your own understanding. Has anybody's head ever got them in trouble? My head's got me in trouble more times than I care to admit. But what happened was you start leaning on your own understanding, and what happens? You realize how small your pea brain really is, right? So it's better to just put all your trust in Him, even though your head wars with it. And that's why I think it was worthy of reading this one, right? Because our head... Your head wants to say, no, it's okay. Your head, man, your head's, come on, giving you fits. So trusting God, lean not on, on your own understanding. Here we go, verse 6, last verse, in all your ways in. So, okay, in all your ways in all, uh, the pathway, mode of life, mode of operation, all your ways, what do you do? You acknowledge Him. So I'm always looking at Him. Why? Because I trust in Him. So if I trust in Him, then I'm going to talk to Him. So he's going to, you know, somebody says, well, you, Pastor, you need to do this, or Pastor, you need to do that, or, or this needs to happen, or this needs to happen. And I say, well, I appreciate that, I appreciate that, I appreciate that. But first and foremost, I'm going to go acknowledge him. Amen. I acknowledge him. And he may say, yeah, that's a good thing. He may say, oh, that's a bad thing. Oh, get involved. Oh, don't get involved. Sign on the dotted line. Don't sign on the dotted line. Then what's he do? He directs your path. Right? But that's only going to happen if you're going to trust in him with all of it because you know, you might trust in him with a piece of it, and he's, you know, directing you there, but you, it's hard to trust him in this area or in this area. And so what happens is he doesn't have, he doesn't have any say in that area then. Anybody hearing me? So all these things we talked about today, it's just all different things. We could have went all day long on all these kind of things, but... You know, we're not, again, trying to split you away from all your money and split you away from all your family and say, gosh, we just got to all go suffer for the Lord. <laughs> we're talking about being ready where you're all in. Yes. All in. And let God talk to you about the family. Let God talk to you about your money. Let God talk to you about your health. And let God talk to you about, you know, your calling and your gifting. And Still with me? All right, you get something today. All right, let's, let's, let's call it quits right there. Amen. Give the Lord a praise, somebody. Come on now. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. Well, God's good. Next week it'll be funner. <laughs> he said, I've heard that before, Pastor. No, no, that's just one of them steps, right? We got, there's a lot of other things that happen for Abraham. Some cool things happen for Abraham. Amen. Some other fun steps, right? We might talk about impossibilities being made possible. I mean, he saw a lot of impossibilities made possible. That's a good one, right? Maybe we'll do that one next week. All right, Father, we give praise and glory. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the people here today that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and for opening the eyes of our understanding. Father, I give thanks. I give honor. Thank you for what you started. You are finishing. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, y'all. Love you much.
Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.